Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, I'm going to read starting at verse number 6 on down through verse number 11. If you're there, say amen. All right, got a few of you. Let's go. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. There was a man whose right hand was withered. The scribes and Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. They were filled with madness and commune one with another what they might do to Jesus. <laughs> I want you to look with me. Go, go back with me to verse number 6. He came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. I want to talk to you for just a little bit today, if the Lord let me, on the thought dried up, down and out. Dried up down and out. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Jesus, we thank you for what you've already done. We, we feel you here. We know you're already moving and working. Lord, I know and I believe you have a greater plan and purpose for this service even than what we've already experienced. God, I ask you to let it unfold. I yield myself to you as a vessel ready and willing to be used. I pray that you'll use me. Anoint me, God, in your power and spirit. Speak through me today, Lord. Without you, I know I'm nothing. Take me beyond, Lord, my own earnestness, Lord, into a place of a fresh anointing and unction of the Holy Ghost. I ask you to speak into the lives of those that are here by the Spirit today. I pray, God, for my tongue will come life and not death. I pray, God, that as well the words that are spoken will draw us to a deeper walk with you, to a place of healing and strength, a place of restoration and renewal, a place, Lord, of revival, Lord, in our hearts and in our lives, and even a place of reconstitution. God, I ask you to do it. I pray you open heaven over us even now. and Let your glory be revealed. We'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Amen. I want us to look at this passage and just recap real quick, if we can, what's taking place here. First of all, we, we know that this is the beginning, close to the beginning of the gospel of Luke, and Jesus had already worked and moved and, and, and brought other miracles that have taken place. And here, he was back in the synagogue, and the Bible says it was actually another Sabbath. He kind of found it the custom. He would go to the synagogue, he would teach, and opportunities would present themselves. And, and this is one that came because there was a man that the Bible said whose right hand was withered. 
Other, other gospels of this account does, doesn't necessarily tell us which hand it was, but here Luke says it was his right hand and it was withered. That word withered there means, and, and listen, I, I want you to know I don't have any intentions of trying to impress you with the fact I can bring to you a Greek definition. I am not by any means a Greek scholar, but sometimes if we don't look a little deeper in the meanings, we miss things. And here it says that the withered, this Greek word here, means shrunken, it means dry, and it also means a dry land. And I want you to keep that in mind. Here, this, this man with a withered hand, he, he's there in the synagogue, probably as he had done many Sabbath days. He was there amongst the scribes and the Pharisees that Mark tells us was in the crowd. And as he was in the synagogue, Jesus comes in and begins to teach. And enough of the reputation of Jesus had gotten out that the scribes and Pharisees were questioning what was going to happen. What will he do? Will he heal on the Sabbath? Because according to them, that it was illegal for any work to be done on the Sabbath day, including the healing of someone that was sick. And so Jesus, and this is the beautiful part about it, Jesus knew their thoughts. How many of you know the devil is clueless as to what you're thinking unless it comes, thank you, Lena, he's, he's clueless of what you're thinking unless it comes out of your mouth or you post it on Facebook. A lot of folks won't say it, they'll just post it or text it. How many of you know that's the truth? Amen. But he doesn't know what you're thinking, but the Lord knows our thoughts. And he knows the intentions of our heart. And there he was on this Sabbath day in the synagogue. And he knew exactly what they were thinking. And we find that as he knew their thoughts, he asked the question, is it lawful to, to do good or to do evil? He, he wanted to know, what, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to save a life or destroy a life? And we're going to talk about those in just a little bit, hopefully, if the Lord will bring it back to my mind. But what Jesus does here is he turns to this man with a withered hand and he calls him from where he was at. He was on the outside of the crowd uh, within the synagogue and he calls him to come stand in the middle of everybody and it was there that Jesus basically performs a miracle only by his word. He didn't touch him. He just spoke the word. How many of you know the word still heals? Amen. I said the word still heals. The Bible says that he said, stretch forth your hand. This man with a withered hand, he stretches that hand forth the best that he can. And when he does, the, the word tells us that it was restored as good as the other. What happened next is typical of the religious spirit of the day. And what took place was the scribes and the Pharisees here, it says in verse 11, that they were filled with madness and commune one with another what they might do to Jesus. Now, it seems like I remember in Mark, let me flip over there, that in Mark chapter 3, when this, when this happened, that it, if I remember right, uh, yes, it says that when he, he looked around and he saw them and he was actually angry about it. In verse 6, it says that the Pharisees, listen now, went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Notice that. 
And that's always the intention of a religious spirit. They don't mind being in the same room with Jesus, but at the end of the day, the goal of a religious spirit is for them to be the ones that are magnified and glorified and not Jesus Christ as the King of Kings. This man with this withered hand, and I want us to apply this today. Stay with me now. We're going somewhere, but I need you to pay close attention. This man with a withered hand, here he was, that word withered meaning to something that is shrunk, it's dry, it's as a dry land. Today as, as we look at this, these three areas of being dried up, being down and out. First of all, there's far too many that find themselves in this first position, if you would, of being dried up. There's no life, there's no strength. You're empty on the inside. You've all of a sudden become filled with an apathy, a lack of care or concern, like a withered hand that used to be strong and used to be of use, but now you have allowed a spiritual apathy or atrophy to take over, and no longer do you exercise that muscle of prayer. No longer do you exercise that muscle of worship, but now you've found yourself dried up on the inside. You see, first of all, we must address the sin issue because there's nothing that will cause you to wither and to dry up any faster or any worse than you allowing sin in your life. Sin will separate you and your relationship with the Lord. Now there's none of us in here perfect. Paul said in Romans, there's none righteous, what? No, not one. None of us are perfect. Our righteousness, according to Isaiah 64 and verse 6, is as filthy rags. Matter of fact, he said, Isaiah said, we're all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away, a leaf that used to be once green and vibrant and full of life, waving in the wind, has, has shriveled up, has dried up, has withered up, and now because of sin, it is taken away and blown with the winds of adversity. I want you to understand today, in everything else that we say, if this is a condition of your spirit today, that you're dried up on the inside, you need to first examine your heart on whether there's something that is sinful in your life, and that is your first step to get it under the blood. Repent of it. Turn away from it. What's it mean to repent, Pastor? It means to turn 180 degrees away from that sin and toward the Lord, forsaking that and following Jesus. If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Friend, I want to tell you, we, we can talk to you, preach to you, sing to you, pray for you, and do all we can to lift you up. Up. But the, if the reason that you're struggling is because of sin, there's not but one that can solve that issue and his name is Jesus and you gotta turn to him, get it under the blood, get forgiveness over it, repent over it and leave it behind you and serve the Lord. Not only many are dried up, but some are down. What's that mean? Discouraged and disappointed, disheartened and depressed. Some find themselves not only dried up and down, but you're also out. I thought that was interesting when the Holy Spirit dropped that in my heart, but as I begin to dig into it, it made even more sense because I, I begin to think about the, the things that are the opposite of the word out and things that we say oftentimes that 
that we, we dismiss that it can even be applicable unto our spirits. First of all, if you're out, you're not in. <laughs> not home. You're gone. You're away. You're not here. You're not in the mix. You're rejected. You're not in the middle. You're out of bounds. You're out. We also talk about things like a fire. Think about it for a second. If it's the fire's out, that means it's not burning. It's been extinguished. It's not lit. Are you following me? Some are finding themselves out. The porch light's on, but not in. Not full. I'm out of something. I'm empty. The cupboards are empty or bare. I'm, I'm not full. I'm exhausted. I'm out of food. I'm out of energy. I'm out of supplies. I am out. Many find themselves dried up, down, and out. And so many find themselves, they have fallen or do fall into the same category of this man with a withered hand for whatever reason. We have found ourselves dried up, no life, no strength, no desire, filled with apathy. We just don't care like we used to. We've lost what we used to have, discouraged with how things are going, disappointed that we haven't achieved greater success or experienced greater victories or had the breakthrough that we had prayed for for so long. We find ourselves disheartened because it feels like things will never change or get any better. We find ourselves depressed as we look around us and we see it. what seems like only the devil keeps pointing out to us that you know everybody else seems to be blessed and here we are we're down for the count and it feels like if something doesn't change soon we're not gonna make it it feels like we're out of strength and we're out of luck and we're out of time can I tell you today it's time that you have some good news so I've come to serve you up a good dose of good news today I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, say, I've got some good news for you today. Oh, can I tell you, the good news is there's one that is here today on this Sunday that is about to change everything and his name is Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Michael may not can make the change. I can't make the change, but there is one that can and his name is Jesus. See, I have a hard time with the fact that the church of the day, that church that the withered, the man with the withered hand, that church didn't want the man to be healed. They, they were at a place, if, if they did want him healed at all, it was only for their religious agenda. Now, I can't spend very long on this. The Lord allowed me to write one little page of notes for this today, so I'm going to give you this one little page of notes that the Lord's given me. Anything beyond that, I'm going to probably... I got them, I can't because I got too much ground to cover. But some of you here today, and even those that are watching online, may be upset with what I'm about to say, and that's okay. Get up, walk out, leave your comments. We'll know exactly who you are and what side you're on. But I'm going to tell you something today. Jesus is angry with the religious spirit in the church today. Now, for some, 
they would say, well, that don't make me mad, preacher. But I want to tell you something. There, oh, help me, Lord. There are a lot of churches that can put on a good show and make everybody feel and think that the Holy Ghost is moving. But I'm going to tell you, when the preacher ain't loving folks and the people in the pew ain't loving folks, it's not the genuine Holy Ghost moving in the house. It is a religious spirit. And I want to tell you something today. In Mark 3 and 5, when he looked, when Jesus looked around, he said, the Bible says he looked around about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. I wish I could tell you today that if you find a church that names the name of Christ, you can go and be a part of that church. You know, this denomination would be a good one for you to go be a part of. This fellowship would be a good one to go be a part of. But I, 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 the Lord has, has stirred me, and I'm careful to even say these things that I'm about to say, but I know whenever I, when the Lord launched this ministry, this was what he had put in my spirit, so I'm going to tell you what I'm feeling and thinking and feel stirred in my heart over today. Listen to me. Not every place that names the name of Christ is truly a Christian church. Not every, oh, help me, Lord. Not every place, I don't care. Listen, they may even be speaking in tongues up in there, but it doesn't mean the seal of God is on that place. When coming from that house is hatred, when coming from that house is malice and ill will and deception, especially when it spews from the pulpit, can I tell you something? God is not in it. Man with their programs and their charisma and their gifts and their talents and their abilities can steer a ship for a good long way. But the problem is they're leaving a wake of victims behind them, of people that are being hurt because of their decisions, people that are being hurt because of how they act and what they preach and what they say from the pulpit and all that they do. Can I tell you something? I'm not gonna apologize for preaching this word of God, but there's a lot of preachers that are preaching their opinions and they're preaching it to hurt people and to stand up their own empire and their own kingdom and can I tell you God's not in it it's like this church of Mark 3 and Luke 6 they didn't want the healing they just wanted to be the ones out front to be seen preacher I didn't come to hear all that today but we got to get this out of the way I've actually had to learn that this is one of the reasons we're here now I'm not here to make enemies I'm not here. I'm not against anybody. I, 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 if there's someone out there, a lot of them are doing things ignorantly. A lot of them are finding themselves. They don't even realize what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're acting, and the problems that are they. They somehow know the enemies deceive them to thinking they're right and everybody else is wrong, or they're right, and especially the word of God is wrong. But I'm going to tell you something. We better be careful in these last days. Let me say this to you: If I ever don't preach this word, you better hit that door. And if ever you feel anything coming from me other than in a spirit of love, you've got my permission to hit that door. Now there may be times we gotta have a sit down and talk and maybe it's a corrective thing that I'm having to do as pastor but I promise you my goal will always be restoration and reconciliation and I'll love you no matter what and if it's ever anything other than that, you got my permission to hit the door but God help us when there are brutish I'm almost down to the bottom of this page. See, the devil sat by loving it. And some of you have just gotten saved and you're like, what in the world is he talking about? 
We'll tell you later. See, the devil sat by loving it, loving that this man was had a withered hand and he was lost in the crowd of religious spirits with no hope of restoration because the religious spirits ruled the day. The scribes and the Pharisees, they weren't concerned about restoration and healing of the man's hand. They were only concerned about their own agenda, being right and followed, not losing control, not losing their crowd, keeping their numbers, keeping their offerings good, looking good on social media of the day, if there was such, making a name for themselves, paying their salary, being popular in the community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's little things that we've done here that, it, that I pray sets us apart. And one of the things is we've talked about that it's, we're not a, a church, really. We're a movement. But I want to make sure you understand something today. And I want you to correct anybody that you hear say this. And maybe this is a pet peeve and maybe not. I don't know. But the name of this church is Cross Point Church. The Lord gave us that name because we're here to point souls to the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where folks have to go to be saved, amen, to kneel at the foot of the cross. Do y'all still believe in the power of the cross, anybody? But I want to I tell you, and I know a pastor don't get all mad and upset and turn sideways about things that don't really matter. I'm not, but I've just heard it until I'm like, my goodness, let me make something clear. That this is not Michael Tadlock's church. This is not Amy Tadlock's church. This is the church of the Lord. This is Jesus Christ's house. I just want to say that because if somebody ever asks you where you're going to church, don't tell them I go over to Michael's church. No, because it ain't Michael's church. Because I'm going to tell you, this is the Lord's house. This is God's church. And I just want to make that, tell them you go to Cross Point. Tell tell them you go to that crazy bunch of Pentecostal folks over there in Ponce de Leon. Tell them you go over there to that full gospel spirit-filled church. Tell them whatever you want to tell them. But can I make it clear that if it's Michael's church, the devil can defeat it. But when it is the the church of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ah. Well, I didn't mean nothing by saying that. I know that, but I, I, I just want it to be said. You need to know how I think. It ain't mine. It's the Lord's. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I can't get up in here and just live however I want to live and think it's my church and I'll do what I want to do. I'm going to tell you, God ain't pleased with that. I'll answer to God. Do you hear me? I, I answer to him for how I lead you and how I pastor you. And my heart is if somebody comes in here with a dried up, down and out spirit in their life, they don't come in having to wade through a bunch of religious mud to get in here to even hope halfway feel the spirit of God or... No, I want him to come in here and say, my, what is that I'm feeling? Oh, I feel something. Uh, I, I don't know if he's here this morning. Is John here? There, there was a, a, a brother that I was hoping would be able to make it back today, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I hope I don't mess it up. We were able to fellowship with him last night, but last Sunday he was driving, and he was in a low spot, in a low place. Uh, didn't know if he ever even wanted to live any longer because of all he was facing and going through, but he rode up in here on his Harley Davidson, 
Davidson motorcycle and he come over right over here in this section and, and he had on his leather and I think he had on a leather hat of some kind. Didn't nobody frown on him, turn our nose up at him, tell him he wasn't welcome. Well, I told him, I, I didn't even, I thought he was with other folks whenever I saw him in the crowd. But I walked down the aisle over here and, and, and he just caught my eye and I spoke to him and, and, and last night out of nowhere, there he comes walking up with his wife carrying a chair and they shared the testimony. I don't know who was sitting in front of him, but there was somebody sitting in front of him. He said, they just kept turning around, hugging me and, and telling me, hey, great to have you. And he said, I, I just felt so welcome. His wife's testimony was she said, I don't know what y'all did to him, but he came home a different man. Can I tell you something? It's not what we did. We didn't do a thing, but can I tell you who did? It's the Jesus that walked up in that synagogue and healed that man with a withered hand. See, when he shows up, he throws a wrench in the plan of the devil. I meant to grab me a wrench. Has anybody got a wrench? in your pocketbook, <laughs> in your truck. I think I got one in my truck. If somebody will go look in my tool bag, Daniel, run out there. Tool bag on the, on the passenger side of my toolbox. I think there's one there. Bring something as close as you can find. Because see, what I'm believing the Lord's going to do is throw a wrench in the devil's plan for your life. That withered man strode right on up in that synagogue thinking it's going to be the same old dead mess that it's always been. But all of a sudden Jesus saw he stands up in there and begins to speak the good news and he threw a wrench in the devil's plan where the devil said boy you'll never have use of that hand again it's dried up it's gone you might as well stay down and out it's over oh but Jesus looked and said I'm gonna heal that man today and he called him out into the middle of the crowd and said stretch forth that hand I love it when the Lord throws a wrench in the devil's plan. Hadn't he told you you're going to be destroyed? Hadn't he told you your marriage is going to fail? Can I tell you there's a God today that is in this house and he's here to throw a wrench in the devil's plan. Now I ain't going to throw this wrench this morning. Some of you are worried there for a second, weren't you? Got to looking at the definition of wrench, and I don't think I wrote it down, but, but it ta- it's something that, that turns, woo, turns something. Ah, there's, a, there, there's other uh, uh, definitions about things that are squeezed, like a, 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 a gut-wrenching experience. But I, I want to hang my hat on, on something that turns something. How many of you know today that Jesus is going to throw a wrench in it, not just to make the devil mad, but it's my, uh, he's here today to turn something around in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Did you hear me? I said he's here today to turn something around in your life. Something that's been going wrong for far too long. He's here today to throw a wrench in it. Would you give him a hand clap of praise? Ha. See in verse number eight, in verse 10, it says that Jesus spoke and told him, he said, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. And then in verse 10, he said, stretch forth 
your hand. See, that's what I want to talk to you about for just a minute. That the Lord's calling you today to rise up. Some of you have been down long enough. You've been down long enough. It's time you get up out of the ashes of what used to be. It's time you quit sitting in the ashes of mourning of your life over whatever you lost or whatever the devil may have stolen. It's time you quit sitting in those ashes and, and just uh, commemorating what used to be again and again and again. Having a memorial service day in and day out. It is time you get up. Oh, those ashes that you've been sitting in, the continual reminder of how broken you are, it's time you get up out of them. It's time you get up out of the pain. It's time you get up out of the heartache. It's time to rise up. Paul told the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, he said, And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Now, I know that he's talking about the resurrection. I know that he's talking about that. But there's a symbolism there that applies to us of our spiritual man, the old man dying and being raised new in Jesus. But I believe it equally applies to our lives today that some of you have found yourself down. Some of you have found yourself discouraged and depressed and the enemy's been beating you up one side and down the other. Oh, but can I tell you today, there's a call from the heavenlies and it's a voice that sounds like thunder and he's roaring in this place today and he's saying it's time to rise up. It's time to get up. Get up, get up. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get up, get up, get up. Get up, get up out of that grave. Come on, tell somebody. Why don't you stand up for a second and high five somebody and tell them it's time you get up. It's time you get up. Get up out of that grave. Would you just say it? Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Come on, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Hey, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of, tell somebody, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that. If I could dance, I'd cut a rug right now. My wife's telling me no. I'm feeling it coming on me. <laughs> Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise that he's worthy of. Ha, ha, ha. Somebody shout, I'm getting up. Come on, I'm getting up. Ah, if he got up, I can get up too. I'm getting up. Hallelujah. Glory. It's time to rise up. It's time. Don't stay where you're at. Get up. Get up. The devil wants to keep you down, but you got to make up your mind no longer, devil. He wants to keep you discouraged. You got to make, uh-uh, no, uh. Now, this isn't a mind over matter thing. I'm not saying that. This isn't a, you just kind of determine, well, I'm just, it's time to get up. No, this is, I'm going to get up in the name of Jesus. Jesus is calling me to a higher place. I'm getting up. I'm getting up in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? And then he said, come forward and stand. That's what I believe the New Living Translation says, come forward and stand. Now, I will tell you, I didn't really like their, their uh, interpretation of the verse about the withered hand because it said just disabled hand. And even though that might be one and the same in a lot of interpretations, 
nations, the withered carries a much deeper meaning of dryness, and I believe that we must apply that today. He said, come forward and stand. See, I believe it's time today not only that you get up out of the mess you're in, the problems you're in, the junk that's in your trunk of spiritual life. Are you hearing me? It's time you get up. It's time you say, I'm through being depressed. I'm through being disappointed. I'm through being down and out over this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I'm getting up and I'm not just going to get up. Oh, I'm going to come forward and I'm going to stand in the name of Jesus. I'm going to come forward. How am I going? I'm going to come forward in full surrender. Listen to me now. I'm going to come forward in faith. I'm going to come forward in hope. I'm going to come forward in expectancy. I am going forward in the name of Jesus. The devil wants me back here in a place that I'm withered, I'm dry, I'm down, and I'm out. But the Lord has called me to come forward. The Lord has called me to stand. I'm going to come forward. Like Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The things that are behind me are no longer going to hold me back. I might have been sitting over here with a withered hand, but I hear the voice of Jesus saying it's time you get up and come stand in the midst. There's a victory waiting. There's an overcoming power that's waiting on your life. Uh, Help me, Lord. Come forward. Come forward. I refuse to sit here in the pain and in the heartache another second. Not when Jesus is calling me. I think that verse said, heaven is calling for you to come higher. To see things from a different point of view. Ah, Jesus is calling you to come forward. There's a, there's a song. I, I, I don't know it. I can't sing it. If I was to try, I'd mess it up. But it talks about leaving it, leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Can I tell you that's what needs to happen today? Some of you are still being beat up over what's behind you. Some of you are still being beat up over what's back there. When the Lord saved you, the Lord forgave you, and he's called you, and here you are, hallelujah, here you are. He said, come forward and stand. Oh, come forward to victory. Come forward to strength. Come forward to joy. Come forward to restoration. Come forward and stand. What did Paul say in Ephesians 6? And having done all to stand. Hallelujah. And and you know, we always quote the second verse behind that, verse 14. But this is what it says in 13. And having done all, comma, to stand, period. Can I tell you what the reality is? The devil knows if he can knock you down and you'll stand down long enough, he'll eventually have you knocked out. It might be a TKO or it might you might be bound for the count but can I tell you something you might not can stand in and of your own strength but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me and having done all, my mind is made up. I'm just gonna stand. If I can't do anything else I'm just gonna stand. Hallelujah. Uh, you're done cowering in the corner. 
You're done bowing in defeat. You're done licking your wounds. You're done changing the bandages of your brokenness. Your mind is made up. You're going to answer the call from heaven where Jesus is calling you to come forward and to stand in the midst. But that's not all he's saying. Now he is saying, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. Stretch out what is withered in you. That word stretch there in the Greek means to extend, to stretch out, to hold out to someone. I believe that's what the Lord's wanting for your life today. You've held it to your chest long enough. You've clutched it to yourself long enough. Can I tell you what it's time? It's time for you to extend it out unto the Lord and say, here it is, oh God, I can't fix it. I can't heal it. I can't make anything good of it, but I know you can. Here it is, oh God. Stretch it forth unto the Lord. See, before now, I can imagine how this man kept his hand so close to his chest. He didn't want anyone to really be able to get a good look at it. He didn't want any attention. He didn't want any pity. And now, he was being called upon to do what was the most uncomfortable. And that was come stand in front of everybody. Come forward. Stand and stretch it out for everyone to see. For everyone to see his ugly, lifeless, shriveled up hand. I want to make something clear today. The Lord is not going to make a spectacle of you. The enemy will tell you that, that he's going to make a spectacle of you. You and, and, and your withered, the withered part of your life, everybody's going to laugh at you, make fun of you, think bad things about you. You know, the enemy is, is really good at making us feel like we just need to sit down and sit back. The Lord will never make a spectacle of you, but I'm going to tell you, and, I mean, and, and this could be taken one or two ways, and I mean it the good way. He will make an example of you. Now, what does that mean, preacher? When you hear that saying generally, I'm going to make an example of them, it's normally a negative connotation. Somebody's done something wrong, so we're going to correct them and make an example of them so nobody else will do it. We'll, we'll just take, we'll nip, nip it in the bud this first go around. But can I tell you today, he, it's not like that with the Lord. He's going to make an example of you if you will allow him to. Matter of fact, why don't you just turn to your neighbor and tell him just like, like this, I'm just an example of what God can do. Ooh, hallelujah. In Revelation, it's called a testimony. Oh, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I may not look like much to you, but I'm just an example of what my God can do. Hallelujah. Is there anybody today that I say, I know I was once a dried, shriveled up, lifeless, dead, down and out mess but hold on just a minute cause there was a day the Lord stepped into my life and he healed what was withered in me and I'm an example if he'll do it for me he'll do it for you oh I said if he'll do it for me he'll do it for you glory 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 I'm just an example come on hallelujah would you give the Lord praise Hallelujah, let him work. Let him work. 
He's bringing life to some folks that are withered up on the inside. I said he's bringing life to those that are dried up and down and out. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Stay with me just a moment. Hold it out under the Lord. Whatever it is, whatever it is that's withered in your life, hold it out under the Lord. First of all, we must start with your spiritual man. Hold it out to the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm dead on the inside. I'm dried up on the inside. There's no life. Hold it out to the Lord. Maybe today it's your marriage. Maybe it's your calling. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your passion for God. Your hope in Jesus your peace, your joy, your fire, your heart, your future. feels like it's withered up. Hold it out to the Lord. I used to be so on fire, Pastor. I don't know what happened, but, man, I've lost it. It's dried up. I'm like parched ground. I'm, 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 I'm so dead on the inside. Hold it out to the Lord. I used to love to worship, but now it's like, I don't know, it's just not there. I don't understand it, but hold it out to the Lord. I used to love to read the Word, but for some reason it's just not there anymore. Hold it out to the Lord. I used to try to get up early every morning to spend time with the Lord in prayer and in the Word, but it's just not there anymore. It's just dried up in me. Hold it out to the Lord. My marriage is on the rocks, Pastor. We're this close to divorce, and the devil has said that we're not going to make it. Hold it out to the Lord. My children are rebelling on their way to hell. I, I don't want to lose them. Hold them out to the Lord. Hold them out. Whatever feels lifeless in you, hold it out. Stretch it out to God. Bible says in Luke 6 that this withered man with the withered hand, it says, and he did so. Oh, that we could see that reality today. That we could see that reality. That not a one of you would be sitting here thinking about what's for lunch. What do I got to do all this next week? I'm just ready to get out of here and go get my lazy boy. No, but every last one of us will realize that there's an area somewhere in us that's lifeless and we need to hold it out to God. And all of us would do what this man with a withered hand did. The Bible says, and he did so. He did it. What about you? What about you, ma'am? What about you, sir? How long are you going to let your life be withered in areas when the Lord is calling you to get up from where you're at and stand in the midst and stretch it forth to Him? How long? See, and He did so, and His hand was restored whole as the other. Restoration. Would you just say that word, restoration? That word, restore, right there. Listen, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word. I can't say it. I'd mess it up. But it means two words. 
It means to restore, as we would think. But it also means to reconstitute. And when we look at the definition of reconstitute, this is what it means. Listen. To restore something dried to its original state by adding water to it. To restore something dried to its original state by adding water to it. Reconstitute me, Lord. Wouldn't that be the name for a camp meeting? Reconstitution 2023. <laughs> no. Not going to do that. I was kidding. You see... That, withered, that man's withered hand was restored. The Bible says as whole as the other one. Oh, that right hand is what it was. It was, had to have been clutched to his chest and his fingers all drawn and his wrists drawn, pulled in tight. Maybe it had a stroke. Maybe it had palsy. We don't know. But he couldn't use this hand. When the Lord said, stretch it out, I'm sure he had tried many times to do it himself. I'm sure he had tried to get it out there, and he just he couldn't do it. Others had probably worked with that hand and said, let me help you. We'll open up those fingers, and, and just as soon as they'd stop, it'd just curl right back, and he'd be right back in that same place. Maybe doctors had worked with him. I don't know, the physicians of the day. So maybe there could have been in his mind a little bit of doubt on, I've tried this before. I have to believe something stirred in him that said, I've heard about this Jesus. I've heard about this Jesus. And if he's telling me to come, I'm coming. If he's telling me to stand up there in front of everybody, I'm going to stand up there in front of everybody. I know not everybody looking at me likes me. Not everybody wants me to be up here. Maybe they're embarrassed that I'm even here. But he called me up here, so I'm going to stand up here. And whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do. All Jesus said was, stretch forth your hand. He didn't have to figure it out. He didn't have to have all the scientific explanations as to what's going on. All he had to do was have faith to believe that if I respond to the word of Jesus, something's about to happen. And so when he said, stretch it forth, he began to stretch that limb out. And as he did, strength began to regain. And his fingers opened. And he saw for the first time in what had to have been years, his hand, he could open it, he could close it. And he had use of an arm that he couldn't do anything with. And he said, it's as good as this one. I don't know what's happened, but something. We don't have an explanation of what happened beyond that. All we know is that bunch of religious nuts got mad. Can I tell you something? I'm up, I'm game of making the devil mad because of what God's doing in people's lives. He wants to restore you. Would you stand with me? To restore something dried by adding water to it. Jesus said in John 4, if you knew the gift of God and who it is it says to you, Give me to drink, you would ask of him. And he 
would have given you living water. Living water. Isaiah 41 and 18. The prophet speaking the words of the Lord, he said, listen now. I will open rivers in high places, fountains in the midst of the valleys, and I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry ground springs of water. I want you to hear the word of the Lord today. In chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, this is what he said. Hear it. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Listen to me. I'm sorry if you've been in places and in situations where you should have already been healed. But I want to tell you today, there's healing in this house. Not because of the preacher or the singers, but because Jesus is in this place. And I got was praying this morning I want to tell you there was once a time in my life that I was that man with a withered hand surrounded by a lot of religious mess victim even not even knowing the shape I was in dried up, down, out. I needed healing. But I'm going to tell you what I know. If you'll answer his call today and you'll stretch forth from your life whatever thing there may be that is lifeless, dried up, You'll really give it to him. I believe just like this man with a withered hand, he's going to restore you. He's going to reconstitute your spiritual life. He's going to restore back to its original state something that is dried by adding water. What does that mean? That means this. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life is enough to restore you. You don't have to be dried up, down and out anymore. Mm -mm. You can rise up, go forward and stand. Stretch out in your life where you need healing. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place. Mm. Some have already made their way 
down here to the altar. I'm going to Sister Denise come right on up with her, if you will. Bring her right on up. Just come right on up. The Lord's already working. Just stand right there. There's so many others that should already be down here with her. The Lord's been dealing with you this whole time. You should already be down here. It's not too late. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't name every single thing, but you can fill in the blank. The only one that knows you better than you is the Lord. I begin to think about my own life areas that I feel dried up, down and out. Got to thinking just about revival, Fausty. Asking the Lord, excuse me, for revival in my own life for a stirring in my own spirit, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in me. I'm not exempt. I told our praise team this morning, I said, I've already had to eat on this. I believe today the Lord is here to throw a wrench in the devil's plans to work miracles in your lives. I know the hour's grown late. I want us to believe right now God's about to do something. Amen. If you're here today and you're lost and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please don't walk out these doors. I want to ask if everyone will please Stay put. No one moving. Please reverence the Holy Spirit's moving as He's working. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, please don't turn Him away today. He's the help you need. He's the answer. If you need Him today, maybe to... Receive Him for the first time as your Savior, maybe to rededicate your life. I want to ask you to step out from where you are right now. Begin to make your way down here. We want to pray with you. Hallelujah. But I want to talk to every last one of us in this place. We need the Lord to rain down upon us today. How does a river get in the desert? By a lot of rain. That's what he wants to bring to your life today. A lot of Holy Ghost rain. There may be a lot you don't understand. You ain't got to. I just need the Holy Ghost rain in my life. Who's, who fits that category today? Who is say today, I need a fresh rain in my life. I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to ask for some husbands and wives to grab each other's hands and say, let's go and let's pray down at these altars together. I want to ask for some others to, to grab your, your neighbor's hand and say, will you walk with me down to this altar area and let's pray and seek God together. Come on, men and women. Young men, young ladies, teenagers, would you step out now and begin to file your way down here and let's seek the Lord for a fresh rain of the Holy Spirit. Come on, can we call out on him today? He's ready today to bring life. He's ready today to bring health. He's ready today to bring restoration. He's ready today. Oh, can we call out on him today? Come on, all across this sanctuary, can we call on his name hallelujah hallelujah oh
Jesus. How we need you, Lord. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.